Well, as we said, we're going to start our series on prayer this morning. And um, we're going to talk about personal prayer. So, about how we pray ourselves. And um, so, you know, how do we learn how to pray? Well, whenever you ask a question in church, what's always the answer? Jesus, Jesus yes. So, we're going to look at Jesus. And um, we're going to look at a few verses, a few teachings that he brought about prayer. And then a couple of examples of him modelling what prayer looked like um, for him, how he prayed. So I'm not going to go through everything Jesus ever taught or did about prayer because that would take an awfully long time. So um, we're going to start, if um, we put up the first slide, we've got a few slides, it's just got the words on there and a, a few pictures. So this is the title, Personal Prayer, and our first verse is from Matthew 6, verses 7 to 8. And um, it says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard for the many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, I don't know about you, but I love this set of verses because I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm not very good at not doing lots of words. And I remember one of the first times I was in church and I heard people pray, I was like, you'd hear people say, oh, Lord, thou art mighty. And I thought, I don't know all these words. I don't know the thousand eyes, so maybe I can't pray. I, I don't have the right vocabulary. So when I read this, I'm so grateful that Jesus taught us, keep it simple. That's what he really says in this, doesn't it? Keep it simple. You don't need to loads of words. God knows what you want, but he wants you to ask him for it. And I've been really encouraged over the last year or two, really. So I remember one day I was out for a walk with someone, and um, they were just telling me that their back hurt a bit. And I was like, okay, so we were walking along and I prayed for their back, said something like, God, you know this person's got a really bad back. Please make it better. Thanks. Amen. <laughs> something really simple like that. Like that. You know, you can pray like that. I don't know if you know that. But God is accessible to us like that. And then I heard from them a few weeks later and they were like, I never knew you could pray like that. Like, just on the go, you know, out and about in a, in a field somewhere. Um, so that really encouraged me because I, I didn't know you could pray so simply and, and do you know what, my back's actually been better I haven't had to go to the osteopath or the physio, whatever they were planning to do <coughs> and another example you know someone, another situation, someone said to me recently, oh, you've helped me learn to pray because you just do it and you do it simply it's not about the many words so if you can learn anything today, learn that you can pray God just wants you to say the stuff that's on your heart. He already knows it, but he wants you to ask him. He wants you to come to him. I mean, it's, it's not about being all fancy, and I'm very grateful for that, because those of you that know me know I'm a pretty simple person. <laughs> but I'm pretty simple, so I like that Jesus likes that. So the ne- next bit we're going to move on to is, is this image. Um, there's a few versions of this story in the Bible. So it's the feeding of the thousands you know, there's a few versions of that in the Bible. This one that I particularly looked at was a Mark 8, 1 to 9. So what I was really encouraged by in this example is that there are so many people, they've been with Jesus for a few days, and he was worried about them. He was like, oh man, I can't send these people away because they're hungry. It's like they might pass out on the way back home. So he understood what the people needed. He understood the need. And then what did he do? He was like, oh, let's see what we've got. And what did they have? few loaves and a few fishes we just think well that ain't a lot if you've got thousands of people there is it it might be enough to feed the disciples 
But that's not how Jesus and his disciples saw it. Instead, what did Jesus do? He got what, what they had and he was grateful for it. So he gave thanks for it. Thank you, God, that you've provided this food for us. And then, then what did he do? He started distributing it, got his disciples involved, said, oh, go and give, start giving it out. He trusted that God would do something with it. And then he, he obeyed that. He like, acted out in that. And uh, I just thought that was pretty amazing. It's like Jesus teaches us. We've got to understand the need. Be grateful. Even if you think, I've hardly got anything. What have I got to be grateful for? It's like, I've got no money. I've got no food. I've not got a lot of skills. Be grateful for what God's actually given you. And then trust that he's going to do something with it. Because he will. I, I've never felt like I was much in life. But I'm here this morning talking to you lot, so I must have done something right. <laughs> God uses a little I've got to, to do something with it, hopefully. But also, like, I, I've had this situation with food. It's like there have been times in our life when I expected to be cooking for two and got all the food ready and then six people turn up. I say, oh, yeah, God, what am I going to do here? It's like... Uh, it's bolognese, it's not too hard to add an extra tin of beans or an extra tin of tomatoes, but then it don't really look like bolognese very much anymore, does it? So I, I've done that, I've prayed over this bolognese, oh God, it's, it's, I've done enough for two, now there's six, you're going to have to do something, and then I'll just start dishing it out, and you find out there's enough. So I don't know how God does it, that's God's maths, it's not my maths, um, it's, it's the way God works out, you, so... Understand what you need. Don't be afraid to ask God for it. But be grateful for what you've already got. And then put it in God's hands and trust that he's going to do something. And there's an action afterwards, isn't it? Jesus didn't just pray. He started giving out this bread and this fish to people. So you've got to have an action, I think, to trust God that God's going to do something with it. So the next set of verses, what Jesus teaches, is from Matthew 5, verse 44 to 45. I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of the Father who is in heaven. So what does teach us? What does God teach us about that? Teaches us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now for the Israelites at this time, they really understood what that was like because they were under um, Roman jurisdiction, they were oppressed by these people. And we, we're not in the same situation in this country, but other people that are your enemies in this world. I'm sure we can all probably think of people or organisations, maybe it's managers, maybe it's neighbours. I don't know. But what does Jesus tell us to do? He tells us to pray for them. Why? So you can be sons of the Father who's in heaven. So how, how, do, how do you do that? You start think about these, these things. These, these are people, organisations, might even be people you don't know. It might be people in your street or at work. For us, I've started really praying for one set of our neighbours because I've really noticed over the last few months that they can really shout. Man, they can be really noisy. And, and their dogs up all hours of the night, barking away. And so I pray for them. Pray for a blessing on them. I don't know what God's going to do, but I trust he'll do something with it. So how do you do it? Can you, can you do it when you're going out for a walk? Do it when you sit in your front room every time I hear them shouting? Or, I'll pray for them. Can you do it Wait, if it's someone at work, if it's some, something like that, then can you do it in your lunch break? Take a few minutes to pray, or on the drive to, to or from work? 
Remember, it says Jesus says to keep it simple. We don't have to don't have to make a massive thing about it. But be real, be real. Tell God what it is, and trust Him to do something with it. And then the lot the last bit that we're going to look at is this. So it's about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And that's from Luke 22, 41 to 44. <laughs> um, I thought this was a really important example of how Jesus prayed. What did he do at first? It says he withdrew. He went away. And we see that in different examples of Jesus' life. He went up the mountain to pray. He left the disciples to go across the lake without him. He made time to be with God. And um, if Jesus needed to make time to be with God, then we definitely do. Um, he made time. And he took himself away from the crowd and you see, Moses even did it in the Old Testament, went up to the mountain. And, he, and what was the result of that? It's like, got to talk, spend time with their father. They got to understand something of the purpose of their own life. And they, they were set apart from the rest of the other people. Because they were getting in a mess wherever they are. Getting a bit of muddle. The disciples got in a storm on the boat at one point. But it's about knowing who you are and, and knowing who God is in that. Set yourself apart, even if it goes against the flow. Find a place that you can go, whether it's your bedroom, whether it's out for a walk, that's where I, I go. I love being outside, in the garden, whatever. A quiet table at lunchtime, whatever it is, but make a bit of time. Because Jesus encountered God when he made a bit of time. So did Moses, so can we. So he withdrew. And they said, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus didn't want to die. He didn't want to suffer. He didn't want to go through it. He knew what, it was going to be painful. He was going to be let down. He was going to be disowned. He didn't want to do it. Have you ever had something in your life that you didn't want to do? And, and you've prayed about it? And then God doesn't take it away. Huh. Doesn't do that for Jesus either. So why should we expect any different? But what did God do? He strengthened Jesus. Sometimes there's stuff in life that's really, really hard and we don't like it and we want an out. And we can pray for the out, just like Jesus did. But don't always expect him to do what you want. He might strengthen you to help you get through it. He might give you a friend that can come and comfort you. I don't know, he might give you the resources to keep going. It says, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Have you ever had a time in your life like that? You're in agony? don't think many of us have ever sweat drops of blood like Jesus did. But there's been times in my life where I've prayed really earnestly. I've been in agony. It's like when we were trying for kids and we couldn't have them. Every month I was distraught. I was a, a right old mess. I was in agony. And I prayed more earnestly, God, why have you put this in my heart if you're not going to do it? Take it away. I don't want it anymore. I don't want this desire anymore. Just, just, I can't do it. I, I, there's nothing I can do to change my situation. Only you can. 
like Jesus was in that place. Be real. Tell God how you're really doing. You can rant and rave at God, you know. You, you can cry. You can bang your fists. You can shout. You can scream. You can, you can be a big old ball of tears and a, a snotty mess. It's all right. It's like, because what did it say at the beginning? It says he knows what you need. Just ask him. Just ask him. But he won't always give you what you want. It's all right to be passionate when you pray. So what do we learn from this example? It's like Jesus withdrew. He demonstrated his pain before God. And then he encountered God. Maybe not in the way he expected. Maybe he might just give you a supernatural peace. He might give you some encouragement. He might give you strength. He might pop someone in your way that really helps you. But the purpose of him strengthening Jesus, Jesus got courage, didn't he? And he knew his purpose. He didn't try and run away and say, oh no, I just can't do it, it's too much for me. He said, okay, your will be done. I'll do what you want. So we can get a sense of our own purpose when we spend time with God as well. So that's my simple points of personal prayer. First of all, we learn, keep it simple. Don't need to go with many words. God knows what we want, but he does want you to ask him. Because, you know, what is a relationship without actually talking to someone and waiting for a response? So I think that's something that we sometimes miss out on, isn't it? We we tell God everything that's wrong and then don't wait for him to to do anything with it. And then, like the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus trusted, he prayed and he obeyed. He understood the need, he was grateful for everything God had already given him. And then he trusted God to do something and then he was obedient and did it. Be real. I think the last two, praying for your enemies and being real about the situations you're in. It's alright. It's alright to be overjoyed in front of God. It's alright to be really sad in front of God. Be real about it. And make time. Spend time with God when, when you're praying. Make, do it purposefully. With, however you need to do that. Whether it's on the drive to work. Whether it's at lunchtime. Whether it's sitting in your room by yourself with the Bible or just by yourself going out for a walk with a dog I try and do that you know we, we watched a video at a church a little while ago and it impacted me it was about um, pray, there was a prayer movement it was about praying for the street where you live and I thought well do you know what? I walk down there every day because I'm walking the dog so how about I try and remember to pray for those houses as I'm walking down the road that's not a hard thing for me to do it's, it's part of my everyday life so if you're not praying, I encourage you, make it part of your everyday life. Keep it simple and then see what God does because he wants to encounter you. The reason that we pray isn't for ourselves. It's so that we can see what God's doing in our lives and in our area where we live and in the, even in our enemies' lives. So there you go. This is how we learned how to pray. Brilliant. Thanks, love. Well done. Put your hands together for Natalie. Thank you, love. Do you want to go to seat? And I'll just press stop on that, yeah.